0: Welcome in, everybody, to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli. We're still doing this thing, um, this time from the glorious KHK Studios um, here at KHK Studios. Uh, Why are we doing this? Well, me and – you know what? Let's, let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, well, I, you, you meant why are, we, why are we doing this to ourselves? Sure. We're, I was going to say literally why are we in office. Let's but get literally why we're yeah. in office. <laughs> we are literally in office because pandemic is starting to slowly come to an end and me and Frank are slowly trying to come back into office. But Is it coming um, to an end though? You know, we'll see. Omicron. That could be old takes exposed real Omicron. quick. Omicron yeah. is going to say hold up. Omarion
1: oh, is coming.
0: Hold up. That ice box.
1: Uh, are they? Can I ask where they make up the names for? Yeah, it's not
0: like isn't with hurricanes. They like do the next it's like it's a alpha, so yeah, alpha, alpha B will be like Brittany. C will be Corey. D will be Darnell. I don't
1: think they do that with with covid variants. It's. People that are smarter than us, I guess, were Omicron does that word mean Omicron. anything? Like, um,
0: I mean, obviously, there was the Delta variant that's generally meaning, like, oh, it's the fourth variant, uh, you know, oh, um, I don't know.
1: I don't they, know. They seem
0: to have jumped some letters there between D and O.
1: I can't find it.
0: Like, is that like a word? Like, is Omicron a word before? I think it's
1: a medical word that smart people that are smarter than us, ah. uh, no, mm. and for idiots, sounds a
0: little bit like a transformer. Yeah, idiots
1: like us, I think have to you know like just take Decepticons
0: and Omicrons and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Which is what idiots like us would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of holes, Shia LaBeouf. Um, the Kings are trying to dig their way to the core of the Earth and engulf themselves <laughs> in a fiery. Inferno uh, of misery, unholiness. Yes, yes. Uh, I um yeah. I honestly last night when the Kings were playing the Raptors, uh, it, it it was a thought I had. It I'm I'm 27 years old. I've been watching Young. the Kings. I think I've watched 90 percent, 95 percent of every Kings game since 2007, which means I started yeah. when I was 12, really watching them, like sitting down and watching them. I don't know if I've ever been. As turned off by a team than I am at this very moment right now. I just, I honestly thought last night I would, I wanna watch like rerun, like a, a show like The Office. I've watched mm-hmm. a million times. I'll watch anything else right now, Scrubs, whatever. I'll watch any show that I've watched a million times that I've, I've seen before and know how it ends, opposed to watching this team just get ragdolled. Cause they've been getting, what three game stretch has been more humiliating? I mean, I can't think of a specific three-game
0: stretch, but to your point of, like, I can't remember a time when I wanted to watch them less, like, it does feel very much like the, you know, the Beno Udreth years where it's just like, we're not, like, we're not a good team. We're not winning. The difference between those teams and this team is like, yeah, Beno Udrith was our best player at those times. So, like, you shouldn't expect to win when the Spurs' seventh, eighth best man is now your best player. Um, The difference is now, you know, we're paying De'Aaron Fox like he's a max player. We have Harrison Barnes. We have all these guys. I've been saying people in my private like hope and expectation is a real BZ because it will. That's what kills you is the level of having any sort of expectation, having any sort of hope. And I think that's what hurts so bad is that it's not that people were expecting. I mean, some people were expecting a legit playoff team, but. Um, It's not like we were expecting world beaters, but for them to just come out and look no different than what they've been in the past, it's just we were expecting to see anything different, and this is just absolutely more of the same. Um, And I I just don't see how – I don't want to get into a tangent here, but I don't see how you can continue to roll out this group of guys, this, this roster, and expect any different results than losing. You're just going to continue to lose basketball games because that's what we've seen that this, this grouping of people is, we've seen what their talent is. Every single person on this roster has played, has gotten some minutes. It's not Mo Harkless isn't getting 15 minutes. It's not Chemezi Metu needs to be in, start, in the starting lineup. It's not Damian Jones needs to play over Tristan Thompson. None of those things are the answer. None of it. None of it is changing how this team is going to perform. Like, it might be a different style or, you know, look a little bit different, but we've seen it is not a consistent way of
1: winning with this team. I think we all know, as we didn't know already, I think we all know for absolute certain now, the answer to correcting this team's path, it's not on the current roster. Mm -hmm. This current roster is not going to solve the issues that have been happening over the past the whole season, mm-hmm. 11 and 17 through 28 games. We're, we're not talking about a 10 game sample size anymore. We're not talking about, oh, it's so early in the season. Over 30% of a season is gone. Next up, halfway point. Mm-hmm. Not too far away from now. No. About a month from now, we'll be halfway through the season. So it, it's, we're at a point now where Monty McNair has to make a decision. And it has to happen quickly. And I know that. Because of the, the play in, and this is why the NBA made the play in a thing. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have more teams like the Kings, Suckers, like, like the Minnesota Timberwolves, like the San Antonio Spurs that are out of the would be out of the playoff hunt in most years. Um Sacramento, I have no idea how the hell the, it's possible. They're three and a half games out of a seven seed. And if you're looking at it from an eye test, this team's playing like they're 20 games out. It's just, it's it's very confusing, but yeah. they're running out of time because while they're, sure, they're knocking on the door of a 10 seed. They're pretty much tied. They're a half game back of Portland. They're one and a half games back of Minnesota for nine. How much does that matter? We were just talking to Jay Mars off, off of, um, almost off camera, off mic. Off air. Off air. And does. And I, we should make it a poll. Maybe we'll make it a poll this week for KHTK. Does making the 10 seed do anything for you? But even if they do hypothetically make the 10 seed, are you going to be, oh, my God, they made it. Wow. I mean,
0: this is, like, my issue with to, like, make it a smaller thing and then expand upon it. Like, it's it's people taking bad shots during a game. Like it's the process of how you win that matters. Like, it's great if you take a bad shot and you make it and you guys win the game, but you won because you hit a bunch of bad shots. Like, yeah, you win, but the process of getting there wasn't necessarily something that's sustainable and, or something that you should really encourage as a way of getting the result. So like, yes, if they get the 10 seed, whoop de doo we did it. we, quote-unquote, got over the hump, even if I don't think anyone will ever say that, but getting the 10 seed might be, the NBA might consider an accomplishment, but as a fan, like, you should not consider, unless things change, you know, and, you know, I guess things can, in theory, change with roster moves, and maybe the team gets some form of identity, but if the team is going to continue to play like this, and then just slip into a 10 seed, the process has to matter at some point, and, like, you can't. The reason why that scores season was so fun was because you saw things that you were like, okay, yeah, we might be a 500 team this year, but I think there's something to build upon next season. And if you just go in and you get the 10 seed and you're 10 games under 500 and you slip in next season, what's to think that, you know, what like a realistic? It's the same thing that we were talking about coming into this season. Your only realistic expectation can be like, 500 next year because you can't just make a 20 game swing unless you make a big move like that.
1: How many times over that? And again, that's the only, that's the most recent year that the team was, we can call competitive. Yeah, competitive. 2018 19, the the scores. And even
0: then, like, people might not remember, they slipped terribly at the end of the year. I mean, like, they, I think there was a point where they were like, four or five games over 500 with reason, like 60 games in.
1: For whatever reason, Vladdy traded Schumpert for Alec Burks, who Alec Burks didn't play at all. Then Alec Burks is a starting point guard. Yeah, on the was, Knicks that's somebody
0: you can add to our conversation we're having. On Alec there. Burks, yeah, Alec who Burks.
1: left people who've left Sacramento and gone on to do good things. Any, yeah, just remain Alec in in basketball. Alec Burks is, is one of those very, it's very limited list of people. Yep. Um, but yeah, the 2018-19 Kings, again, it's sad that we're saying, oh yeah, the team that didn't do anything. <laughs> nope. But my, my point is, they at least competed every night. They didn't come out and look the way that this team was looked the last two games. I mean, and you look at the, the third game in Charlotte, which was probably the, the most brutal ending of a game. That's it's worse than losing on a buzzer beater, in my mind. Yes. Would you? It say was it, poetic. The loss against Charlotte on Friday, De'Aaron Fox at the line with two seconds left. Disney's needs one to force overtime. He made eight in a row. Misses both. Is that more painful than a buzzer beater?
0: Yes, and I tweeted out after that game that the Kings continue to prove that losing can be an art form because like that, I mean that is just art. Like you cannot you cannot write a script where the Kings lose in that like for for De'Aaron Fox, who we all know have known his free throw struggles throughout his career, specifically last season, for him to then in a big situation, I think the Kings at that point are still on their three-game win streak, correct? Yeah. So this would be to extend it to 4. Uh, there it's the start of a road trip, get good feelings, sneak out of there with a win. And for him, like you said, makes eight straight. So again, hope, hope is a beezy, man. It's you, you think maybe he just like, he's just got to make one. He doesn't got to make both. Come on, Darren. We, you made eight. show. This is a big moment. We're all looking at you. You want to be the guy, you want to be the face of the turnaround, make it happen right here. And for him to just, just I mean, he missed the first, which we can be honest, we, we were probably all expecting him to yeah. miss at least one.
1: Yeah. Um, I would have thought the second in my mind. But
0: then, I mean, you even saw, I think we talked right after the game, after he missed the first, I think the ref might have like pump faked him the ball or something, but he had a reaction that was like, oh, come on, man. It, like...
1: It, like, he, he was just off. He was too in his head, you could tell. We're a, guy, a couple of guys, and we, we aren't former pro athletes. We, aren't, yeah. we weren't even Santa athletes when we were athletes, uh, to put it lightly. But I know that you can't wear your emotions on your sleeve that cl- clearly. Not at that moment. In a yeah. moment like yeah. that. And I was watching it with, with my sister, who doesn't really watch sports that often. Hi, Kelly, if you're listening. And, and Allie, my girlfriend, who they both aren't sports people, and they are like, wow, he looks really nervous. And I was like, yeah, I think he does too. And that's not great. Not ideal. And I think everyone – and I saw on Twitter people – everyone was pointing out the fact that after that first one did not fall, it just was so evident that De'Aaron Fox was in his head, completely in his head. And he even said after the game that he was tried to make adjustments after the first shot, and he, he thought he went too strong on the first shot, back iron, so he shortened it up, and he short-armed it. Sounds like rim. a free throw to me.
0: I mean, yeah. That's being in your head. Yeah. That's not
1: just yes. taking the shot and, no. play, and, you know, they say, shoot, don't aim. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's and that's also, I mean, yeah, that's why announcers will always make the cliche of like, oh, it's good to see the first one go in because you just do the same exact thing on the second Hustle one. Muscle memory, right? When you miss the first, that's when, that's when the real pressure sets in. And if the first one wasn't pressure enough, like you said, I mean, like he, he was wearing it on his face. Like, it was very clear he did not want any part of those free throws. You know he probably wouldn't. I know he wouldn't say that, but he, he, he would definitely would would have rather anyone
1: else. be yeah, at the And line. he'll be the first to say, "Oh my, he needs yeah. to do better." He knows, yeah. and we're not sitting here saying, "Oh yeah, no, go. Mean, we, oh, yeah, he missed free." Throws. We know he. No athlete yeah. wants to make a mistake. Yes, no athlete, as much as people hate on them, and, and maybe that they they are apt to make certain mistakes, and maybe Buddy makes bad turnovers, De'Aaron misses free throws. Um, they're not intentional. No, and I think we lose sight of that sometimes. But the point is. From a star player, um, and we've seen we've seen LeBron do it before. LeBron seen, misses at, free at throws all the time,
0: it. and you know Ben Simmons for sure. You know the everyone wants to trade De'Aaron for Ben Simmons. I guarantee, if Ben Simmons is in oh, that same situation, goodness. it's it's going a whole lot worse than that. How does that work out? Yeah,
1: and I know De'Aaron Fox is not LeBron James, and he might not even be Ben Simmons, but uh, he kept him in that game single handedly, yeah. which is one thing I think people need to kind of remember. He scored 14 points in the fourth that on the Friday. Mm. Terrence Davis scored, I think, eight, and then the rest of the Kings scored zero. Mm-hmm. So, again, back to the roster, there's not enough talent on this roster right now. And I think we're all at a point where we're, we're waiting. We're all just waiting. Chris and I, like you all out there, probably like the, t- the team themselves are waiting because...
0: They have to be. I was thinking about, about that come. the other day. Like, there's no way everyone, every single person in that organization has to know, like... Again, like this is not working. This group of guys is not working. Something has to be done. Something has to change. When, and I've heard a lot about the tomorrow's deadline, the December fifteenth for the off season acquisition restrictions. You know, you can then yeah, trade. Like
1: sixty percent of the league is being able to be traded, and then eighty five tomorrow is able yes, to be traded. Definitely,
0: and that does have some sort of impact, but. I still don't understand why, I, and no one has made a move yet in the whole league. But something should have happened. Like this, this Kings team isn't in a situation like everyone else. Like they made their their intentions known that they wanted to be a playoff team. We've seen for a long time that this team is not on that trajectory. So it's strange to me. Again, for the second straight season, we're sitting here waiting for Monty McNair to make a move when something clearly needs to change. Last season, we didn't see any major move and just kind of waited it out and it ended up being a pretty big dud. I don't think that'll happen this year, but I do- also don't understand why we're putting us ourselves in the situation to be in that situation again.
1: Well, the biggest move that Monty McNair has made in his time as GM was an, was an almost move. That's the yeah. only, it was the, the buddy healed for mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma, uh, Montrez Harrell, mm-hmm. KCP, which has worked out very well yeah. for Washington. Yeah. We see Washington this week. I think Kuzma's they're going are sliding to be pretty out. bad, but yeah. Well, they, they're having. They some, were they were amazing at the
0: start of the season. They're and those guys COVID. are playing
1: great, though. The whole league is kind of going through some COVID yeah. issues right now. Again, back to the, we said at the beginning, the pandemic was scaling down. Uh, <laughs> it's scale. It's, it's. I think on the NFL. I think too, they canceled
0: a game the other day for basketball.
1: And the then, NFL was uh, the most positive yeah. test they ever had in one day. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I don't know if, if some of these guys are going to be playing for Washington. Does that matter? No, because back to the Charlotte game, half of their team was not playing because of health and safety protocols. Mm-hmm. Um but the point was, point being, Monty McNair's biggest trade, biggest acquisition didn't even happen, and it would have been a good move, sure. Both of them would but the the both almost moves would have been great. The almost. DiVincenzo Vincenzo move,
0: the the Harold, Kuzma.
1: Uh, but almost uh, doesn't cut it, yeah. and we're still here at the same roster, yeah. mostly that Vladi DeVots yeah. put together himself. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter last night. Again, one of the Kings Herald guys. I think it was um, it, it was, was Tony. Tony. It was Tony Ziptera said another another bad loss for Vladi Divots's roster. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. is.
0: It just is his roster. Uh, I mean, the, the only two players that you could say Monty really you know, has put his, not identity, but put his stamp on is Tyrese and and Davion, and both of those guys aren't really making much of an impact in terms of winning, obviously. The team hasn't been winning, but um, Tyrese has had a very, very up and down year, uh, and Davion is now starting to get a little bit uh, more, I mean, he's he's had a very good, I think, month, five stretch of games here, but... Uh, Defensively, we haven't quite in the Cleveland game. You saw the intensity pick back up. But even him uh, after that game in his press conference said, like, I need to pick up the ball pressure all game. It can't just be like a second half or like once I get into the flow of things like he will even admit like his defense has not been. I won't say as advertised, but it hasn't been what's been necessary uh, for the team to succeed. And it's not, you know, it's not Davion's fault. He's a rookie. You know, it's not Tyrese's fault. He's in his second year still trying to figure out his game. But, um, those guys are Monty's guys. And, you know, that we're not getting, it's not significant impact. You know, like Harrison yeah. Barnes and, and Rashawn Holmes are two guys who have made a lot more impact than those two guys. And, you know, those should realistically be our, those are our role players. And instead, Davion and Tyrese are playing that way.
1: Yeah. I, am um, looking at the, the, the list of names we were just talking about Mm -hmm. Harrison Barnes has been a name that Harrison Barnes since coming back and the first game back was pretty, he had a pretty good night against the Clippers or uh, Orlando. But since then three games, we're looking at seven points per game, 25% from the field, 25% from the three point line and four rebounds. It's just, he, I feel like, and we said it last year and this year when the, when Harrison Barnes plays well, the Kings play well. And, you look at those three games right there, and it doesn't all fall on one player. Of course not. Um, but Harrison Barnes is, is yeah. not even playing like Harrison Barnes of old. He's. It, I'm wondering if it's his, mm-hmm. in, his foot. Could it be injury affecting him? Uh, his minutes have been limited. 26 minutes against Charlotte. He didn't play down the entire closing stretch, and Buddy Heald did. And Coach Gentry said after the game that Harrison felt fine, but for whatever reason, he just didn't put him back in, which is kind of intriguing to me. Uh, and then obviously the two blowout losses, I'm, I'm assuming their minutes were limited because um, of how horrific it was. But if HB is not going to be playing the way that HB usually plays, yeah. if Tyrese Halliburton is going to be as inconsistent as we've seen him play over the last couple of days, if Buddy Heels is going to be as bad as Buddy heel has been for the past two, three weeks, there's, there's, no, there's no situation where this team can get back. It's just a move will need to happen sooner than later or else – we're not even going to be looking at a ten We're going to be looking at another lotto a trip to the lotto. So um, I think the Kings are like what
0: four game, like the fourth worst record right now in the NBA. Like they have the fourth pick in the draft or something like that. I heard.
1: Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. It's um. Tankathon is our friend again. Yeah. But it's um. We talked. We've talked about this stuff all already, and it's exhausting. Yeah. I think I'm at the point now where
0: it's just, I mean, we've been in in wait and see for a trade mode, but I like now I don't think anyone, I mean, I've never thought anyone is untouchable, but I think at this point, like you might need to be searching for trades for these guys. Like I think there was kind of no way that Harrison was going to be like the focal point of any deal. I think now you need to start exploring maybe, you know, can Harrison get us something, especially with his play of, I mean, I just think from a fantasy, you know, if this was fantasy sports, okay, Harrison had a ridiculous first month or month and a half when we saw him do it last year, I would like to capitalize on that value and try and get something else for it because we've seen Harrison can kind of go come and go and he can either be this really solid 18 to 20 plus point a game guy that can really be an impact player, but then on other nights he can be Derek Jones Jr. and it's just like okay, like he's he's fine, he's solid, but he's getting me eight to twelve points and like that's fine, that's replaceable. But I need more from my
1: starting three. Um well, where is the where is the consistency coming from right now? Marvin and De'Aaron. I mean, kind of crazy. I wouldn't even but... say.
0: I mean, Marvin has been consistent in his limited role like he obviously hasn't been putting up 18 and 12 every night, but he's been at that 10 and 10 every night. De'Aaron. De'Aaron's been consistently our best player, but what that best player is, is very wide, varying. I mean, like I think the other night, uh, he, he was our leading scorer with like 15 points or something like that. And then, uh, last night, uh, against, um, was it Cleveland? Wasn't last night. Um, Toronto. was last night toronto. toronto was last night he it's had hard to 20, remember all yeah these. he had what 25 26 points something yeah, like tw- that 29 last and then night, nobody else i think marvin was
1: our next leading scorer well, at 10 so it's like marvin what
0: he is as a best player varies
1: marvin his last five games he's averaging 11.6 points mm-hmm. nine rebounds 47 percent from the field uh he turnovers are 0.2 i mean he, he's he's making good decisions mm-hmm. this is the best basketball i think he's Played. I mean, again, he's played in longer spurts. And this is best team seen, basketball for sure. But he's he's doing all the right things, and that's great. And it's going to raise his value for sure. Like his value, it still might be low, but it's going to raise his value. But the problems of his team, I don't think Marvin Bagley is a problem on the floor. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, he hasn't playing very well as of late. If I can pull up his recent numbers, I don't believe he is a problem. You can point at the missed free throws the other night, and that's his own thing. But um, since Let's go back to, I think this is a 10-game span, 11-game span, 23 points per game, 50% from the field, four assists per game, four rebounds per game, and he's shooting 30% from three, which is not great by any standards, but... It's higher was, than his season he average. He was shooting around 15% to start the season. He's up to 26% now, um, 45% in the field. He's averaging 21-5. and five. That's Those are good numbers. Yeah, They're not all-star, superstar numbers like they were last year, but... Um, the consistency is coming from De'Aaron Fox. It's coming from Marvin Bagley. There's zero consistency from Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton. Rashawn Holmes have been injured, yeah. so you're not getting anything from him right now. Um, well, and the problem is, too, with these guys, I'm thinking of,
0: like, their impact. It's all scoring. Like, Harrison Barnes, if he's not, like, it, there's no need. Harrison Barnes shouldn't have to give you 20 points a game for him to have value. Like, he just, but during a game... It's not like he'll ever have, oh, my gosh, Harrison was really, like, dishing the ball. He had six assists tonight. He didn't have, he has six six assists, 12 points, eight rebounds. Like, where are those games? Where are the games where you're like, Harrison had three blocks today, or he really locked down Paul George today? It's just you don't see it. And, you know, I'm picking on Harrison there, but you can apply that to any. You know, uh, Marvin, that's not really being asked of him. Rashawn, where is Rashawn's? If he only has eight points and isn't getting the ball, why doesn't he have 15 rebounds or something like that? Um, It's just uh, something besides scoring. And the team needs playmaking, obviously. De'Aaron's assists are incredibly low for him. That's because Tyrese has picked up more of a a playmaking role. But uh, even Tyrese, I think, is at six assists per game. So for your your starting guards to be averaging 10 assists a game, like, you can get better than that or you need better than that from, from other positions. You need the ball to be moving a lot more. You can't just have these two guys be the, the engine for your team because you know, they they're just going to wear out and they're not that good yet. Um, It's tough. I don't know. I think, I think if they were going to bring in more, you know, if they were going to make a move, it's, I think I've said this on air before, but the team is kind of built on Jenga blocks where it's like, you know, you trade buddy. Well, it's gonna well have, now you have no let's shooting. let do that right now, then, yeah. because
1: I mean that's pretty much all we have. That's, again, that's, that's, all the, we have conversa- that's the only so, conversation I want to have about this when, team. You can let you you run point on this. Then we talked about the Jade just a few yeah. months ago. What what is your? We've seen the Kings linked to Sabon, DeMonte Sabonis. We've seen them linked to Miles Turner. Then we've seen it kind of be disputed a little bit here and there. I know Jason Anderson from the SACB B had a. Uh, he had a piece come out that said the Kings are actually not looking at those two, but they're looking at mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, which we have seen multiple outlets, the Athletic, now SACB, claiming that the Kings are in on Ben Simmons. They're one of a third of the league yeah. that are trying to get Ben Simmons. Everyone wants Ben Simmons. But is there a way the Kings can get one of these guys? Because you started kind of throwing out some options. Do you have like a. F- what is your offer? What is your. Okay, we're going to pick up the phone. Let's talk about it. Okay to To both of those guys, let's let's do Ben Simmons because, and then we'll do Ben Simmons, then we'll we'll do probably I'd say some bonuses. Tar- I know Miles Turner is a Kings target, but I mm-hmm. think that it's Sabonis or, or Simmons. That's just the way things look like they're unfolding.
0: I think it's tough, especially. I mean, it's been well known that Daryl Morey wants a star if he's going to trade Ben Simmons. He he doesn't want to do a you know a buddy heeled Marvin Bagley five picks or whatever, or maybe five picks would do it, but he he wants to try and get. A star out of this, um, out of this trade. So, with that said, I think, I think you have, to, you just have to start the conversation with one of De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton if you're actually trying to get the deal done. It's a non-starter if one of those names is not involved. Do you think Tamori? Tamori, yes, absolutely. I, agree. I I think McNair would try and exhaust every option he has um, before getting to that talk. But I think Daryl, at the end of the day, would just say like. I can't I can't do it unless at least Tyrese is in that in in, in the talks. Um, even then, like it's kind of a conversation of what you want your future team to be. Uh, I think I've heard you know there there's been much talked about the fit of De'Aaron and and Ben Simmons, two non-shooters, um, two big ball handlers who can't shoot and how would they play off each other um, when the other doesn't have the ball. I think those concerns are pretty legitimate. Um, I think it would just require the Kings to be a different style of team. You might see them kind of lean more heavily into being a a defensive team and maybe, you know, not, you know, 130 points a game kind of team. Um, Maybe, you know, something more like what the Knicks were last year where they they know their identity, they know what they're good at, and they know how they can win games, and that's the only way they could. Um, But the possibility of... Tyrese and Ben Simmons, I think leaves your roster with a little bit more room to play with. Tyrese isn't quite, you know, it doesn't quite have the usage percentage. De'Aaron does. He doesn't. Um, I mean, you know, that's kind of out of fit right now, but I don't think even if Tyrese were your starting point guard, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who just looks, I mean, not that Darren looks for his either, but Tyrese really like we've seen him post multiple single digit games this year. If if he doesn't feel like his shot is is there, he's not going to search for it really. So I think in that sense, it'll be nice to have him as a shooter. Uh, he can play off ball. He can you know extend the court when Ben is, is playing point guard. But um, I'm kind of rambling. But
1: no, I just think that it's it's tough. It, I mean, it's it's a like I said, it's a balancing. When act. it comes down to it, I think that if the Kings are going to make a big move, and I think people are are speculating that they're going to try, yeah, they may or may not, but. I think it's going to take one of De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, or Davion Mitchell to be moved. I think that's it definitely ab- 100% yeah. like mm-hmm. you said it's a non-starter if not one of those names are involved yeah. for any teams cuz no one's just going to take the 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 old reliable like the mm-hmm. meme we've seen of yeah. the I think Brendan Nunes mm-hmm. posted a lot the old yep. old reliable Buddy heel the Marvin Bagley. Yeah. That uh that's not going to if it was going to get you Ben Simmons it would have gotten him already. So I
0: think it's like going to be it's the uh there's a f- Famous cliche, one for me, one for you. Yeah. It's going to be like that, where it's like, all right, the Kings really want to move Buddy Heald. That's our, like, Buddy Heald's going to be included in any deal. I'm not saying Buddy doesn't have value, but, like, if the Kings are going to make a move, they definitely want to move Buddy. That's what I would guess. Obviously, that's not sourced really at all, but off of pretty much anything that anyone has said, it's pretty clear that the team is, the team feels like Buddy is a problem. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I I think that's also kind of tough because, you know, you're you're already starting with here here's two players that have to be involved in this deal. Um, and then you have to kind of fit everything around that. I think it's probably going to end up being a lot of draft picks that gets the deal done for Sabonis or or Simmons. I just how much it ends up being and like the protections on it are, are definitely what's gonna be the key for yeah, how people feel. We're at a point. Plan-
1: where, where we're we're gonna have to leverage the future on? Yeah. I'm, I'm talking three, four first round picks. Yes. They want to make these deals happen without giving up Tyrese or one of these these younger guys, uh, Davion, Tyrese. Um, those are the only two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna take a lot of leveraging in the future. And again, when we talked about with Jay, we should have, we should just recorded our conversation with Jay uh, was. It might take one of those Paul George type hauls mm. where the Kings have to give up a lot of first round picks and I know a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. I'm not necessarily a draft pick hugger. What kind of protections would you want to put on those ideally? If any even.
0: Like would would Philadelphia That's what I was saying. Top either thinking top 5, top 3? I think maybe you can like do a top 3, top 5 and then top 10 pick swap, you know? I would rather not pick swap. But I don't I'm, fully understand how the pick swaps work. But I'm kind of, of <laughs> scarred from yeah, pick You know, I, I think a pick, yeah. The Kings would have gotten Tatum in that draft. Yes. Yeah, they would have. Yeah. Um, or Lonzo, probably. Oh. I think they probably would have taken Lon- well, Lonzo. Well, Lonzo was two. Lonzo, Lonzo would have gotten two no matter yeah, what. Yeah, he
1: was two. It, it would have been yeah. the Kings at three, Celtics at five. Um, you know what? We're foolish
0: to even assume that they would have taken Josh Jackson.
1: They would have taken Josh. They would have absolutely taken Josh Jackson. And we would have just had to watch it. As another one bites the dust. <laughs> yep, and then De'Aaron Fox and no, De'Aaron oh, probably God. would have gone to Phoenix. I already could have seen it. Just
0: yeah, and they probably wouldn't have had Chris Paul. What a bizarre world it could be.
1: You know, like you the know. Spider-Man movie coming out, the, mul- yeah, the multiverse. The multiverse. <laughs> I wonder what multiverse, like what multiverse looks like in a different dimension where the Kings yeah. take Luca, they don't make that deal from Vladi, they end up getting a top three pick. Not to be sad, Jason Tatum.
0: I was thinking about this yesterday, like. If the team moved, like if the team would have moved when the relocation saga was happening, like what would we be doing right now? Like this, the whole city would be like Doco. I, I would say ninety nine percent sure would not exist. No, I wouldn't. Do that. I don't wouldn't think anything would be in its place. Like yes, downtown. Uh, It'd still be the, the mall. Yeah, the, uh, the downtown mall. The downtown mall was not thriving in any. I think I'm pretty sure the downtown mall was pretty much already dead by the time it was dead. But I think it was not literally. No, it's- dead i think there was like obviously macy's was there they had like river city brewing and a starbucks still open it's sad it's um, sad yeah i just just i was thinking about that the other day just um, that multiverse of like are you and i here yeah i'm probably we're probably not recording this podcast right now we probably don't even know each other
1: yeah we would not even know no no. because i would never work for the kings i would never brought me here i probably would have gone to stanford yeah um, i probably would be like a harvard graduate Thanks, Kings. And I'd be Sick. naming the, awesome. the Omicron.
0: Yeah. Like, we'd, <laughs> yeah. We'd be naming it. would have been it. called the Cardicelli variant. Yeah, we'd be <laughs> well, naming ooh, it. you probably ooh, actually don't, I don't want that.
1: that. Well, it's like I, I just went and saw um, I saw Don't Look Up with Leo DiCaprio oh, okay. coming out. I, it was in theaters, so I saw it. And um, no spoilers, but the, there's a comic coming, and that's what the whole movie's about. Mm-hmm. And they name it after the scientist who found it. Like They named it after Jennifer Lawrence's character who found it. And I was just thinking nice. – I don't want a comet that's coming with the with, that could destroy yeah. the world to be named after me. Here comes
0: the car to Sally. Coming Here it down. comes
1: and <laughs> um, no. worlds. But uh, yeah, I mean, we could keep going in circles all day about this stuff. Point is, it, it's a very sad time, and I'm I'm afraid of what tomorrow is going to look like at the uh, at that yeah. said Doco Golden One area. Mm-hmm. It's um it's sad being at the games right now because the, the, the turnout is just getting worse and worse as each game passes, and um. The fans need that jolt. Like, I know when they made the Rudy Gay trade back in 2013, did it work out? No, it didn't. But it for that game, I remember they got, like, a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gay, Quincy Ace, and Aaron Gray, they went to the game, and they're in street clothes. And they got a standing ovation. And the Kings beat the hell out of, I think, the Magic that night. And Derek Williams was getting alley-oop dunks and stuff. And it was just such a fun night because it seemed like a jolt of energy, um, a, sh- a shot in the arm, mm-hmm just showing that the organization is trying and they're yeah. trying to make the right moves and try to make try to make the team better. I think Kings fans need a reassurance. Hey, we're trying to make this team better. We're trying to make the right moves mm-hmm. and are they? They might be, they might not be getting the right bites, mm-hmm. but uh this roster is is it's the same roster as last year except for Davion Mitchell and Tristan Thompson. It's the same exact roster. It's the same same mm-hmm. same same roster. So, yeah something's got to happen.
0: It's weird. I don't I don't know if this even makes sense, but like I remember when they made that Rudy Gay trade being like, "Oh, like it finally feels like we're like an NBA team. Like we're actually like part of part of the 30 because like we we're, we're now getting players that are like actual impact players on other teams and not just, "Oh yeah, this is our collection of guys and we're trying to make it work over here." We just kind of Keep rolling this out and like it's not working, but this is just kind of Sacramento trying to figure it out.
1: He was a big name too. He was a very big name. Like,
0: I mean, Rudy was averaging 20 a game. He was the best player on those Raptor teams that were struggling mightily. DeRozan. Yeah.
1: DeRozan was still kind of coming into his own. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyle Lowry wasn't really Kyle Lowry yet. And Rudy Gay, hate to say it, I mean, once he left Toronto, they completely took off. Yeah, it
0: was a little bit like uh, Harrison Barnes and, hit, well, the situation of Rudy and and Harrison were similar. Like, Harrison was in, in Dallas just kind of being the ball hog, if you will, and kind of putting up crazy numbers while the team sucked. And Rudy was kind of anchoring down the Raptors as well. Not to switch
1: gears, I thought this was a
0: insanity game for a minute. Um, this is a previously recorded Warrior Nick game. This looks like it's from Linsanity, though, doesn't it? Pablo Prigioni's running point. Um, DK,
1: since we're kind of Jared off,
0: Jacks here. Carl Landry just contested a three. As we were
1: getting off of the canyon. Richard and, Jefferson, and we'll get into a quick award and everything. We'll get into our, our B ball ref. Um, Linsanity. Do you remember Linsanity? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I was like, I was strangely early on Linsanity. Let's pull up those. Like, those I numbers. remember l- watching. Uh, there was the notorious Toronto game where he hit the game winner. I remember watching that live. I can't remember. I, they must have like put it on NBA TV as it was happening. Uh, I remember the, the marquee, uh, game against the Lakers where he had like 25 points against Kobe and all them. Um, I think that might have been like a Kobe Dwight team. And, Man. uh, yeah, it was just a weird, like, it, was, it went on for, like, a solid month. No, he, it, like, it was not like, the, oh, this guy's good for a week. Like, he had a good— The height of Lynn
1: Sanity, and this is just a sample size. He played well after this, but this was just the, the ridiculous numbers. There was an 11-game stretch for Jeremy Lin that season, 2011 and 2012 season. This was in February of 2012. He averaged 24 points per game, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 50% from the field, and thirty percent, 36% from the three-point line. This man was playing like a superstar. Yeah. And An all-star
0: from the G League.
1: That went on to the end of the year. He had plenty of 18-10, double-double, 20-6, and 15-9. Like, he played well the entire season. Then he got a, he got a big check, I think, from, yeah. from Houston. Houston, yeah. Um, but I just wanted to kind of look back on, on Linsanity. I loved
0: Linsanity. It was so fun. And, I mean, like, it's it's – I remember thinking, like, why doesn't this happen more? But it also was the moment where I kind of realized, like, oh, man, these guys are, like –
1: Crazy good! Was like, he the, was his first G League success story?
0: Um, definitely the first one that they made like f- really widely known. He played
1: in Reno, I think. He Reno, played in Reno, which points. like
0: no, I'm sure nobody had any. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. But the one percent of people probably knew he played for Reno. I don't remember him being part of Reno at all. And of course, he was part of Santa Cruz Warriors, I think, as well.
1: Well, the big one was that Laker game when yeah. he had thirty thirty eight points. 38 points, seven assists. Uh, the team, He. I mean, he played with Jared Jeffries, Landry Fields, Henry Walker, Steve Landry Novak. Shields. Mike Bibby got minutes in that game uh, yeah. for the Knicks. Yeah, that was that
0: stretch when Mello was out, Amari was out, and they were literally just like, we need somebody, and Jeremy was there. And then Mello came back, and I remember there was a lot of talk of like, is this going to work because Melo doesn't pass, and Melo wants to be the star and all that, and.
1: He did kind of tail off a little bit and Lynn Sanity oh, slowed right. Lynn, down. Lynn but... Sanity went away, but he, Jeremy Lynn did have a good career. I mean, we're we're already like I feel he like did, we're already yeah. on a b ball ref, but it's just we're giving Jeremy Lynn his flowers. Yeah. Uh he did have a pretty good uh, NBA career. I think it's probably over. Um but he did get a he got a ring. He was on that, that Raptors team. Did you know
0: that? Uh yes, I did. He yeah, was on the Raptors he, uh, team. he um yeah, he, he got the ring. Um I don't think he played any minutes for
1: them, but he... He, uh, he did. He played, like, he the really? end of game... Oh. It was a blowout. Uh, he played, yeah, in game five. Um, Yeah, against the Warriors, he had one minute played in the finals. One minute, but one minute more than you and I will mm-hmm. ever play. That's a finals um, minute. While we're on the subject of V-ball Ref, do you, do you have any awards you want to give out? Are we skipping awards? I don't think we should give awards this no. week. <sighs> no, one, no, one, no, one deserves, no one deserves it. I mean, like, yeah, what, you're going to
0: give it to De'Aaron? He missed those two free throws.
1: Yeah, no thanks. Okay, um, I got one. I'll can't do it for
0: B-ball mm. reference
1: roulette. Mm. Do you have anybody? Um,
0: yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I'll let you go first. You I'll might, go we, first. We might yeah. have the same guy in mind. It's probably. Um, well, I, I want to make a point actually, because Festus Zili is one of these guys um, on our list. You a college ju- guy? Yes. I'm um, a college baby. Yuba College, but also went to Jesuit High School in Sacramento. And, he's a local guy. Jesuits, I went to Christian Brothers. Jesuits are big rival. I don't recall Festus at Jesuit, but... I don't think he played.
1: He didn't play at Yuba College either. He just came out here. Uh, I think he's from... Is he from... He is from Nigeria. He's from Nigeria. And he came out to the States, and he... I believe he just was a student. I don't think he was playing basketball. I think he was like scouted by the coach, if mm. I'm not mistaken. That sounds
0: right. That sounds super familiar. And he
1: worked out, and then he – I think he worked out and then went to Vanderbilt, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm. Uh, um, went to Vanderbilt.
0: Vanderbilt, yep. But his high school says Jesuit does. in Sacramento,
1: California. It so,
0: Fezzili, we got to at least shout out he the, was, the Sacramento it, He
1: was interesting. He played yeah. so well that 15-16 year. And yeah. if you look at his stats, too, 2015-16 – Seven points and five rebounds per game, over 16 minutes, and he never played again.
0: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he got hurt. He signed with the Blazers and then got hurt.
1: He never played. never played. Never played again. I mean, per 36 Mm. minutes, he was averaging 15 and 12 Mm. per 36. Um,
0: Yeah, he was kind of like the Warriors when they, I mean, they were obviously searching for a center when they had no money because they had spent it all on Clay and Steph and Katie and Draymond. And so they were like, we need to just patch together. And Festus was the first in a long line of Damian Joneses and Kavon Looney's now in that role. And uh, you know, they they have Wiseman now. So it's just funny to see like how that's progressed through four years, five years. And that's yeah. also crazy is like the Warriors were on top like on top of the world three years ago?
1: Uh, is that right? Four yeah, years? Ago? Yeah, yeah. I'd
0: say two years ago, right? That's like it just feels like so. It they, feels they like made, a they made the finals two I seasons ago. I remember like when they were yeah when like KD and all that. I was like, this is going to be the rest of my life. Is just the Warriors, Warriors, Warriors being Warriors. amazing and being unstoppable well, and being what? the new Lakers. They're back, and yeah, they are back. So I guess Clay's <laughs> coming back. What
1: in a week? I think a week from today. He is coming in a week. Yeah. Yes, we um, might see him. Oh no, I think he might just miss the Kings
0: let's hope so because we know what's happened before and uh, don't we don't bring need up the 35 you know, we just don't quarter. need that. I was in Tahoe when that happened shout out that um, but the person I wanted to bring up was James Johnson um, more specifically uh, apparently James Johnson the Taekwondo master if I mean King's Legend King's Legend and I do want to talk about that King's Legend because literally and I'm sure this is true for other people the only thing I remember James Johnson in a King's Jersey for is his game winner against the Knicks it was the worst game-winning shot ever I think I've ever seen... The whole sequence was was
1: chaos. Terrible. On both, first of all, the Knicks threw an alley-oop. With, they, they, had, yeah. they could dribble the clock out. Yeah. Jason Kidd threw an alley-oop to Chandler. Boogie picks it off. If you're listening to this, go just type in James Johnson, King's buzzer beater, and watch Isaiah Thomas throw a, a, a ball off the side of the backboard. Get his own rebound.
0: Like, run to the corner... And then just like I, then he shot it again, right? And then doesn't th- I think the miss no, I think goes Saul, to James. I think
1: John. Sol- John Salmons took a shot or something. It, it yes, was, yes, yeah.
0: John Salmons
1: takes a shot and then it got back tapped. It gets by boogie, I yeah. Think.
0: And then it goes to the three point line, and James Johnson catches it almost like the Robert Ory tip. And I'm sorry to mention that, but it was it was the same exact kind I can't of thing. You
1: dropped an RH bomb. He, on yeah, I know the pod. I know, um, and he he like.
0: It was the, it's also like the ugliest shot I've ever, he like completely rocks his body and like cradles it and just pretty much hucks it at the rim and he made it. And like, I think the final score was like 91 to 88 or something like that. I have
1: it right here. And I know this is an audio only thing, but if you're out there, just, just put it on. It's there's, there's 18 seconds left. The Knicks have the ball. And for some reason they're up by two trying to score Throw the
0: lob. Isaiah brings it down. They try and get a mid range shot. He misses it off glass. And then who is that? That's, is that James that's, Johnson that tips it Johnson back to Isaiah? Out. Isaiah throws it to Salmons in the corner. Salmons throws it to James Johnson at the top of the key. That's what it is. It's not an Ori
1: tip. It was not a John Salmons shot attempt. Jimmy yes. Fredetson on the floor no. going crazy. Travis Outlaw. Kings Legends. Yeah. Who, um, name
0: everyone who's on, who's on the court right I there. So Isaiah, one. John Salmons, James Johnson, DeMarcus.
1: T- Tyler and, uh, um gosh. Other people. Yeah. There's a lot of old, pe- old people that aren't on the team and didn't do anything in the league like Johnson, I mean, Johnson. Uh, James
0: Johnson yes and what I remember James Johnson for that season specifically is he could not make a shot to say like I've never seen somebody so poor at offense as James Johnson was that season um, he averaged five points a game that year 41% from the field Point nine percent from three under
1: 10% from three. he was 9% from three that's not great. That that was like, I think that was the first three he'd hit all season on that on that game winner. That I'm gonna was, check right now. It I'm gonna check three, his team
0: totals. <laughs> it was the hit.
1: first three he hit all season long on that James Johnson and Kings buzzer beater. I promise you. He made two threes that season. And that was the first
0: one. he was two of twenty-one from three that year.
1: Then he became kind of a shooter. He kind of became one.
0: He did I mean, yeah, he never shot worse than that. That's that's for sure. He never <laughs> shot nine percent from three again.
1: I would hope not. Um my last one is someone I think deserves some respect, and he probably will be a guy we see as a coach at some point in the future, in our lifetime. And he's only thirty-seven years old, Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy's only thirty-seven years old. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's so sad. That's <laughs> like, sad. That is like depressing. He was Chris. He was your age. Yeah,
0: My, yes. a little younger
1: than I was when he when he had yeah, to leave the he league. Stopped. Yeah, he was those years though, from when he was twenty-two to twenty. Five, he averaged over twenty points per game. He was a three-time All Star. Had those big moments in the playoffs. for The early Portland teams, the pre-Damian Lillard Portland teams. Um, that's that's like the prime Lamarcus Aldridge, Wesley mm-hmm. Matthews, Portland teams, right? Yeah,
0: those teams. I mean, those teams were so good. I mean, yeah, Lamarcus, yeah, fit, Robin,
1: Robin Nate Lopez, Nate McMillan, Andre Miller, so good. Young Young Batum, a baby Batum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was even a. 24-year-old, 25-year-old. Travis Outlaw was a role player back then. Anthony Tolliver, who I feel like has played basketball since 1974, even though he's only 32 years old, um, was on the team as well. So, yeah, that's sad. Brandon Roy, though, is going to be a good – I mean, he's already been, what, coach – high school coach of the year, I think, for for the state of Washington. Yeah, he
0: he coaches high school. He coaches AAU. He's kind of – you know, he's bounced back into a nice little basketball life, which is good for him, I'm sure. I I can't imagine how tough that is. Like – As especially to have done it, like to have actually reached the point of being a good player. Like it's one thing if, whatever, if Marvin Bagley's career ends tomorrow, he can be like, ah, like injuries just never got me there, and like that's frustr. That's its own set of frustration. But to have known, like, nah, man, like I, I was it. Like I, I would have made hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. Like. And it just, it's out of your control. Like it's just your body failed you, and that's, oh man, like that's, it's a bummer. That's I, <laughs> some I real sad. Sorry, running
1: on a sad one, but that's kind of a tone of the pod. Um, Saying that,
0: Brandon Roy made ninety nine million dollars in his career. Really, ninety nine million
1: dollars. He must have gotten paid kind of like the Prince Fielder deal. Where uh, he had to retire because of injuries, and they honored they so your contract. So
0: very strange here. I'm looking at his 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 breakdown. He got a new contract going into the 2010 season. Uh, played through it until the 2013 season. He made uh, escalated from 13 to 16. Signed a one-year deal with the T Wolves,
1: and then signed. No, got, I think two years is that, must that have like been deferred? It must have been, must like have been right money because they paid him 40 million after he'd been retired for two years. Very strange. Somebody go look
0: at at Brandon Roy's basketball reference and, and explain that to us. Well, they do
1: that. They defer money sometimes, yeah. as we know. We talked about the A. Oakland A's tried to defer Marcus Semyon's sixteen million over like True. fifteen years, yeah. paying one million a year until twenty forty or twenty thirty eight, whatever. What year is it? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything
0: else? Um. Let's see. Let me see if there's any other basketball reference here. Um. Shout out Mario Hazonia. He's on this list. I saw him throw down a uh, Alley oop the other day. I think he plays for I want to say Fernabachi, but I think that's wrong. He plays for some uh team overseas now. He was
1: a top five pick and he's yeah. gone.
0: Hazonia was somebody I would have put money down was going to be a king at some point.
1: That was um, the year that we drafted I think eight that, that year at the South. Was that
0: was six. Fifteen. We might have taken it. That was Willie. We would he have went taken, right before. We really. would have
1: taken him if if Willie or yes. if if he didn't go five, the Kings would have taken Mario Hazonia. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. How strange is it that Vladdy was so enamored with these these prospects from overseas, but then he just doesn't doesn't take the L word?
0: Very strange. I don't understand. that. I'm also looking at this draft right now, and I think the Kings actually. I I mean, you know, if you if you're Being a a big... It's a bad draft. You know, if you you can look into the future, obviously the Kings didn't do great. But if you look at the immediate picks after Willie Cauley-Stein, it's Willie Cauley-Stein at 6. Emmanuel Moutier at 7, who I was convinced the Kings were going to take. Stanley Johnson at 8. It's a bad draft. Frank Kaminsky at 9. Justice Winslow, who people held on, hope for, for the longest time. We've seen that just didn't work out. And then Miles Turner at 11. He wasn't really an option Rashawn. at six.
1: Rashawn went thirty seventh. Devin Booker went thirteenth. Yeah, so out of that draft, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Kristaps Dlo, Montrez Harrell, Miles Turner, Josh Richardson, Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier. That's it, really. Norman Powell, you can make an argument that he's a good player. Larry Nance, like, there's all right guys, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's just it. In, just interesting. No, Delon Wright's in there. I mean, these are these are guys that are good players. Pat Connaughton. Um, Kavon Looney's a starter for the Warriors. I mean, it just was not a very good
0: game. Can I shout out Scott Skiles, who I believe has the record... Single season. Single single game. game, I think 25 in a game or something like that. Which is just absolutely like... That is insane. I want to say he had 30. Game highs. Scott Skiles had a 30-assist game.
1: 30-assist game. In uh, 1990. Was that with Shaq? Uh,
0: Nope.
1: uh, Doubtful. That was... (laughs) Bro, he, he had 22, 6, and 30. Rajon Rondo is shaking. Golly. That looks fake. That looks like Seven a 2 7 of 13
0: from the field. I mean, and they won by
1: 40. Dennis Scott had 18. Jerry Reynolds, not our Jerry Reynolds, but a Jerry Reynolds scored 27. Yeah, that is insane.
0: Yeah, and this was a magic team that <laughs> this victory, this... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, they're bad. This
0: victory put them at seven and twenty-three.
1: Hey, they finished year 31-51, though.
0: Not bad. So you're saying there's hope?
1: They want to run. Yeah, yeah. they want to run. Well, the Kings going to run. That remains to be seen. Uh, upcoming schedule for the Kings. They're going to be at home. We're going to have to get comfortable. They're going to yeah. be at home for a while. A lot of home games coming up. And,
0: and this this could get very. If the Kings continue to play poorly at home, we're going to. It's going to get. There's not going to be a lot of fans there, but the fans there are going to
1: be loud. This is not an easy stretch coming. Booze. Washington is tough. Memphis is tough. The Spurs kick, you know, I can't say curse words as much anymore now because of certain stuff. Things. Uh, The Warriors are going to. I mean, that's a scheduled loss. Clippers, Memphis, OKC, Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, OKC okay, in there even even beat the Kings this year. So it, there's no more looking at the schedule saying, oh, it gets easier. There's no more of that. No more because the Kings wins that they've picked up have made zero sense, Being the Lakers, being the, the, the Blazers. Um, it all makes no sense. So we'll see what happens.
0: And, yeah, this is why we cringe. I think we mentioned it last time we were recording, but this is why we cringed when uh, Luke King, I believe, uh, at practice said – yeah, we have some some a uh, stretch of winnable games here coming up, and yep. and uh, we yeah, all, you know, we you look forward that. to that. Um, and yeah, that's uh, you know that's uh,
1: that's all right. Yeah, Jay, Jay Mars is saying something yeah, nice to like, us. You know what he's saying? No, I don't. Okay. Um, all right, well, but uh, on that note, we're gonna wrap it up.
0: And uh, for Frankie Cardiselli, and uh, I'm Chris Watkins. Jay Mars is speaking on the other side of the board. I don't know if he's saying things to our podcast, but. We'll find out. Uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, I think he said it's not recording. I can't hear him. Oh, I still can't hear him. We can't hear you.
1: Anyways, uh, that's know. it. It might not have even been recorded.